Folks, in our youth, when our careers were growing and expenses were high, we needed to get the most from our savings and the money we invested in the market. As we age, we need a safer strategy, one that can protect against market loss. We need to keep our hard-earned principles safe while allowing growth to provide us with reliable retirement income. Therefore, to learn about reliable retirement income, I highly recommend Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour, and your place for news talk information. This is AM870, the answer. All right. Triple eight ninety nine retire. I'll give you that number again because I'm gonna I'm gonna forget it again as we move through this this hour. I want you to have it eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. That's triple eight ninety nine retire. Okay. Hey, one of the the challenges that we are having. Many of you are paying attention to what the Federal Reserve has been doing this last week, right? The Federal Reserve is coming up with information on what's called tightening or quantitative tightening. That means they start to pull money out of the economy. Well, some of the financial news is talking about what's called the great resignation. Mike Rowe really speaks about that on some of the different articles. What is the great resignation? Well, that is where people are quitting their job or being forced to fire or retiring early. And so we want to talk about how those two things that might seem well completely different, really even not related, but how they are. And now they're not just related, but how they're affecting or will affect your retirement accounts in many ways and your retirement income. Because life is not just about having a big bucket of money in retirement. It's about having a steady stream of income that happens every single day, every single week, every single month for the rest of your life. And if you have a loved one that you care for, for the rest of your spouse's or or your partner's life, right? Because the idea or the concept of having money that lasts, that, that comes in, is that same concept of that safe, secure job. I'll give you a great example. I was dealing with a a client this week. She retired, great, from a big company, lots of money, just a couple of million dollars between her pension accounts, retirement accounts. She did very well. Save, plan, sacrificed, right? That's what a lot of people have to do, sacrifice. So she has a, a big chunk of money, big chunk of money sitting in her savings account. And she says, Arif, when are these accounts going to give me my first paycheck? Because I feel like if I don't have income coming in and if I don't have a check coming in, like a, a direct deposit, then, you know, my gosh, I'm broke and I'm scared. And, and I thought to myself, you have $2 million, but it's a chunk of money. Now, I know you guys are saying, oh, hurt me. That would be my problem. I would love that. Okay, maybe. But what took place was, for me, it was a real realization that, that she's in this position 
of needing or wanting a paycheck because for 40 something years, that's the way it was. Every week, every two weeks, every month, wherever you're, you're working, that check is deposited. And it's relatively close to the previous one. And then you're working and then you get another one. So to turn buckets of money, large accounts, into a steady stream of income, that's something we have to do. That's, that's something we have to work on. Because your psychology, the psychology of most people, is when is my next paycheck coming in? So how does this great resignation, if you will, as Mike Rowe puts it, or somebody did, or how does this uh, incredible change where the Federal Reserve, we'll see if they stick to it. They don't often, but let's see if they do. This great resignation that starts to pull money back out of the system. How's that going to affect you? Well, let's get started on it because I think you have to have a couple of, uh, well, at least a couple of ideas to plan properly. All right, first, the great resignation. Who is leaving and quitting? Well, look, a lot of these hospitals, Kaiser Hospital, Cedar sinai even Providence, they have dozens and dozens, in some cases hundreds, of nursing staff and other supportive staff that have quit or been forced to retire or resign or, or got fired. Oh, we gave you a religious exemption, right? I told you Kaiser did that. We gave you a religious, religious exemption. I saw the letter for the client. Two weeks later, oh, we don't anymore. Uh, and you have to have the, the shot or else. And now we know the shot does nothing. Uh, I mean, how do you prove a negative, right? You don't. But virtually the shot does, because how do we know this? Because people are in the hospital and God forbid, but dying, even though they had the vaccine or they're getting COVID or they're getting Omicron. And we're, what are we still at? 99.996%. It's the flu. And so we shut down this whole world and you have people that are saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit working, but they're forcing me to, I don't want to stop working. I'm too young. I've worked my entire life. I have a retirement account, a pension, health insurance, right? Cedar sinai laying off people, dozens of people, firing nurses. Oh, we have a shortage. Well, we'll all be, huh? Maybe it's your crazy rules. These folks were heroes 15 minutes ago. They worked for two years without a, a vaccine. Most of them had COVID. Most of them test their antibodies. They're in the 90s, maybe even higher, 95, 98. And you still require them to get a vaccine that they're to a disease that they're immune to. Can you say I'm in Pfizer's back pocket? Moderna and I are friends. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's become this hysteria where just because one person is running to the exit. You know what? Go to your local big box store and watch the televisions and take a look when they put those nature shows on. And you see those birds in the Serengeti flying around or, or those deer. It's the antelope. And you look at that big herd that's one has turned and they all run in that direction. If you pluck one of those, you know, pluck, <laughs> pluck one of those people out from the middle and you say, hey, why are you guys running? Hey, why did you birds go left instead of right? None of them are going to know. They go, I don't know. The guy to my left is running. The person in front of me is running. That's exactly what's happened. These amazingly, well, educated, which of course is usually the problem. People have decided that uh, we're doing something. And then why? Well, because he's doing it and because she's doing it. And it takes, you know, a truck driver or a rancher or somebody who has more common sense than degrees 
and, and you sit down and you say, okay, listen, it's a virus. It's been going around for years. Everybody's going to get it. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good thing. I think many people are going to get sick. Some are going to even die. But it's already out. Right? How did the people in the, that, uh, the Alaska, what was it, the, the Alaska test facility, right, in the tundra, you know, zero in, or, or might have been Antarctica. You know what I'm saying. Hit your Bing button and, and go check it out. It was a group of scientists all alone in the middle of a hot, uh, cold, desolate place. Oh, surprise, they got COVID. How in the daylights did that happen? You're not on the subway. You're not walking every day down the street with a mask. How did you get COVID? Of course, you guys, it's silly. It's been a power shift. And you know it. It's not a conspiracy. It's just normal. And you've just laid off or fired or people are just deciding not to get, you know, they may not have the courage to stand up. Not everybody does. And instead of saying, listen, I have medical issues. I don't want my HR people to know about or my supervisor. Right? Because suddenly HIPAA has been thrown out the window. And suddenly what happens now? Oh, sorry. You don't get your job. So what is that going to do to you and me? If you are expecting social security checks, number one is your social security check could be a little lower because you're not going to be working to, to increase your credits. The second is social security is a legal Ponzi scheme. Uh, I don't know if you can say that, but it is. Counts money from the front people, people today that are putting money in, and the money is not invested in something in which it creates interest or revenue or products or services and then creates a profit and turns around and pays you. It doesn't. The dollars from the workers today come in the front door. All the bureaucrats take their piece out of it. And then what's left pays little old lady, grandma, Jan, you know, Julie and Stevie and, and, and great grandpa, so-and-so, all of those people getting their check. So Social Security requires those people to go to work. So that a piece of their dollars are coming out. You understand that when they raised minimum wage, it was deliberate. It was to increase the amount of money going into Social Security. Anybody with a third grade math level and a calculator will tell you. When you raise the bottom of the income, you have a greater amount of people at work. They may not pay federal income tax. We know they don't pay state income tax. But they do pay Social Security, Medicare disability. They pay those at the at the front end because that's dollar for dollar. It doesn't matter how much you make. FICA, SUDA, FUDA, you might know it by its acronyms. When those dollars now go into the system, it's the smaller, younger uh, group, if you will, that, that, are, that we need to put money in. Great example. They make $35,000 a year. If you have 10 people earning $35,000 a year, and that's easily to be done at a fast food restaurant. Maybe not at one job because they have to work part-time with all the, the regulations. So they might have two jobs, but they probably make 35000 a year. Okay. Two fast food restaurants. I have seen it. I've seen waiters at one restaurant and then waiters at a different restaurant. I'm like, hey, don't you work down the street? Yep, sure do. So let's say they both, uh, all 10 of them earn 35000 a year. They pay more Social Security than one person who makes 350000 a year. Here's why. They stop Social Security 
at a certain number. I think it's 190,000 or something, 150,000. That means they no longer withdraw Social Security from your payment, from your income. So if you make, quote, rich guy working at CNN or anybody, you make 350000 a year. You pay less into the Social Security system, aggregate, cumulative, than 10 people that are working and that make 35000 a year. So this ingenious plan of control and pressure and push, when they force all these people to get laid off, what is it going to do to your Social Security check? Right now, Social Security is slated to run out of money for 100% of their pay in 2033. It used to be 2034. They lowered it to 2033. I think right now it's 2032. And I would not be surprised if by the time they do an analysis one year from today, it's 2031. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean there's, sorry, and Mary Sue of Pasadena, California receives the last Social Security check. That's not how it works. It says, hey, you were supposed to receive $2,000 a month in Social Security. We now only have enough money to give you about 1400 That's how it will happen. That's the way it happens. That's, that's the money that's available. It just isn't. And the reason I think it's going to happen sooner is because all of those middle class, lower income, middle income people that were putting into the Social Security system automatically, regardless of whether or not they wanted to, it's, an, it's a mandatory thing, they're not going to put it in. Well, that's one side of the teeter-totter. What's happening on the other side of the teeter-totter? Well, not every person, but many, because they come to me, many of the people that are eligible or that just decide to retire or quit, or I'm not going to work anymore, I'm not going to put into the Social Security system, are the ones that are on the higher end, 110, 150,000 maybe. And they have money saved in their retirement accounts. And they have investment dollars. So here's what they say. Well, you know, Eric, well, and let me back up. This is the reason that's a problem. Because if he, if he or she is making $150,000 a year as a nurse, and they are, and they said, you know what, I'm not willing, uh, I have pre-existing conditions, or I already had, I have more antibodies than, than even people that got the vaccine. So I, I don't need it. I'm good. Thanks. And they say, tough luck. You have to. But the, listen, I don't buy a car that's in the first year. You wouldn't buy a car. Let them work out the bugs, and then I'll buy the second or third year model. Oh, we have a brand new phone. Great. Have you seen Apple try to fix, and they have a lot more people working on it than the virus, than the, than the vaccine. Apple tries to fix and do its upgrades to point zero, you know, iOS 19,000, whatever it is. What does it do? Well, oh, sorry, we have a bug. Sorry, we crashed this. Sorry, we're too slow for that. And in that whole craziness, you go, well, it's, it's just a phone. Well, what do you do when it's the vaccine in your body? Oh, it's just a vaccine. Huh? You can't undo it. You can't take it out. At least I can take Apple and change it for Samsung or go from the 12 to the 13 iPhone or something, right? We can do that. You can't do that if it's already in your system. And so a lot of these folks that make 120, 150,000 nurses, nurse practitioners, they quit. They, they resign. Well, that's a lot of Social Security contribution dollars from one human being that's wiped out. That means there's thousands of dollars a year that will not be added to the Social Security system. 
All right, so that's my concern. But here's what happens on the back end. All right, they're 55, 62, 63 years old. And, and here's the concern, guys. Here's where my... They're no longer in the contribution to their 401k. They're no longer to the contribution to the stock market-based accounts. They're not buying systematically. They're not purchasing stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They're not because they, they aren't working by definition. They're retired. And what do retired people do with their retirement accounts? They start selling, which means they take the cash, right? You can't take shares to the grocery store, but you can take dollars. So you turn your 401k, your retirement accounts, your IRAs, into an income stream by saying, hey there, uh, you know, listen, I have $700,000 in my IRA. Uh, can you start paying me $2,500 a month? That plus working part-time plus I'm going to move anyway. Uh, so now they're not putting into their the stock market accounts, pushing the market higher. They're selling, which means they are now taking dollars out of the system. You see, because we don't take shares to the grocery store, we take dollars, there could be a pressure on the other side of the market. So you have to watch your accounts. If you want the risk, great, stay with it. If you're going to continue to purchase stocks, bonds, mutual funds, great, you keep doing that. But if you want some or part of your money out of the craziness as people are resigning and maybe not even going to ever go back to work, right? They Look, in, look other states... Travel around for 15 minutes, right? Florida is notorious, but Texas, Florida, Utah, Idaho, they're kind of normal, right? I mean, everybody's back to work. People are laughing. They're having parties at people's houses. Doctors, I've spoken to numerous physicians in other states. Privately, they'll tell you, like, this is ridiculous. I think I'm at 42, 42 doctors. Six of them say you should wear a mask. Doctors, nurse practitioners, um, respiratory therapists, uh, and nurses. I think that's the... Oh, and, and there's a couple of PAs in there. So, but, pri but listen, where's their courage? Right? That's nice that you believe that privately, but where's their courage? And here's what they said almost to a person, because they're all in their 30s or 40s. There's a couple in their 50s. And they say, Arif, you know, I still have student loans, don't you? You, you know that, right? You know, Arif, they, they will just fire me because I'm one person screaming in, in the wind, uh, they'll get rid of me in a minute. You've seen those famous pictures of them walking people out the door. The, this is, these are skills, education, experience, wisdom, and professionals that they try to make this example out of. You have to look at this and go, something is wrong somewhere. Right? The logical part of your mind says, they're... Mm, they're already immune. So they make up this thing. Well, they can be a carrier. Are you kidding? Anybody who's worked or driven through or walked on a subway or a bus in downtown Los Angeles, you're a carrier of TB, probably. You're a carrier of the plague or hepatitis A, B, or C. I don't know. Because the amount of defecation in the central part of San Francisco on the floors when you walk by that, that gets stirred up. The amount of, of problems with homeless people and, and the diseases that are throughout these slum camps, right? Just like grapes of wrath. Do you not think that that is a bit more dangerous than the flu? 
I just want you guys to have courage. I want you to think again. If we're going to allow all of these people to just resign, what is that ripple effect? What is that next step? And I'm telling you from a financial standpoint, it means they're not putting into their retirement accounts, which means they're not propping up the markets. It means they're not putting into Social Security, which means they're not uh, delaying the inevitable, which means they're going to run out of money in Social Security to pay the 100% wages. So I think instead of delaying those inevitables, instead of creating uh, you know, an opportunity for people to have fulfillment, they instead are standing on some sort of a fascist principle of, you know, we're right, you're wrong. The president's going to sign an order. The, the governor's going to act like a dictator. And surprise, you know, people are fleeing the state. I, I think you ask yourself, where's the, where's the compassion to people that say, I'm not interested in staying the course of an unproven vaccine? We know that, it, we know that it's not even accurate anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Otherwise, people wouldn't get it. It's not, it's not the way it works. You have a small sample of people that, that get COVID who have the vaccine or that, that then I would say, oh, two, three percent. Oh, okay, well, that happens. But I don't know. There's talk of the O positive, right? If you have O positive blood, you're virtually immune to COVID. It seems to either not happen to you even though you're in the midst of it or it lessens your uh, symptoms by far. I don't know where that's gone scientifically, but anecdotally, I've seen it everywhere. Three or four friends. I said, everybody around me, Eric, in my household got it, but I didn't. I go, what, what blood type are you? Oh, positive. Oh, interesting. So there should be conversations about some of the more logical things. Oh, you've had it? You have this many? You have a 70% or 80%, 90% antibodies? Then you're good. Walk amongst us. <laughs> live a life. Oh, you don't have it? Okay, well then, Test. Oh, you go around old people? Oh, fine. You know what you do is wear a mask. What you do is isolate not the workers. You isolate the people that are the vulnerable. And instead, the exact opposite is happening. So they do the January 6th thing. Hey, look at oh, look over here. Look at the shiny bird. Hey, hey, chirp, chirp. Trying to get a two-year-old to take a picture. That's exactly what the Democrats are doing. Hey, look over here. Chirpy bird. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And then Oz comes out and you go, you're kidding me? You just disappointed me. I thought it was something big. You're just a man. Right? The amount of money Fauci makes, what is he at? 450000 a year? I think his pension is right around, ready for this, he retires, his pension is $30,000 a month. His pension is 7000 $500 per week. Let that sink in. $7,500 per week. There are people that don't make that in two months of work. And he gets to sit home after all the failures that he's been a part of and he gets to make that per week. What, what do you think, you know, with his Pfizer stock and his ownership and partnership in other labs. I used to think Rand Paul was a wacko. I, I did. I mean, listen, years ago he would say things. I'm like, eh, you know what? Not really sure about you. 
Rack war, eh, maybe you're not all there. Man, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong about Rand Paul. I don't always agree with him. I don't agree with anybody 100% of the time. But I can tell you this. He kind of knows things. And he's insightful and matter-of-fact about things that are a lot different than what the, I guess, (laughs) Main Street media want you to believe. So I'm very concerned about it. I want you to be careful. I think the great resignation that is occurring is going to affect not just your retirement accounts, but it's going to affect your pensions, right? Because these are, listen, if you're not working into the system, if if you are fired when you're 60 years old or 58 years old, you realize you make more money than a 28-year-old. So that means the percentage of dollars that go into the retirement accounts, that go into pensions, Social Security, the dollars are less. So watch out for those things. Look, we'll be right back. I'm going to cover uh, starting a business in retirement. Should you? And what type of business would that be? I'm Arif Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour, 888 retire We'll be right back. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Eric Hallaby. Look, the Total Financial Hour, we're here every week at this time, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, and talking about things that matter. And when we talk about things that matter, we're talking about your finances and I think what the political world or some of the decisions of our state and federal politicians, how that's going to impact you later on or even now. Here's a good example. What's coming down the road is starting a small business for, for a lot of the folks that uh, participated or were a part of this great resignation where they left their jobs, they were forced to through uh, one form or fashion, whether it's a, a conversation on what they must do with their health or whether it was a conversation on how they must live. Uh, and, and many folks said, I'm done. I'm out of here. Their principles were higher than their pocketbook. Look, a lot of you... I don't want to say you're cowards, but whatever the word just before that would be, you're certainly not courageous. You stand up and scream and yell, oh, I want this. I stand for that. Freedom this, freedom that. And then when it comes down, oh, but Eric, if you don't understand, I just bought a new flat screen. Oh, my new TV. Oh, you know, we just moved into a house we can't afford. But, you know, I can't stand up for that because what about, what about my, my family? Like, who's going to argue with you? Oh, forget your family. Let's all be homeless together. Nobody's going to argue with that. So you're self-righteous. You win the story. You look back, pat yourself on the shoulder and say, I did all I could. I did all I could. I stood up to those tyrants. Did anybody hear me? No, I didn't. didn't. That guy over there. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I did all I could. Uh, Courage, yeah, courage. Uh, Stand up for what's right. Uh, Bah, bah, bah. My point to you is this. There are some of you that are darn courageous. There are some of you that have said, 
you know, listen, uh, I thought my life was going to go a certain direction. We were at a time of peace, certainly under President Trump. The world was the world. That's right. Not just the United States. The world was experiencing an increase in wealth, opportunity. And the only way the Democrats could win was to destroy that, and which is what they've done, right? You shut down energy pipelines. You give the business, the jobs to, to uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. They own the railways between Canada and the United States and, and internally, which is how oil is transported, by the way. I mean, you could see a direct timeline when the Keystone Pipeline was being talked about, when it was canceled, and who bought the railways. Simple. You can see when California passed a rule that says big rigs, big trucks past three years old are not allowed to drive on the state unless they uh, retrofit even a, a, a nearly new big rig, right? Even a new tractor trailer. Sorry, 80 grand later, got to spend it. And a lot of these truck drivers are single. You know, they own one or two trucks. And, and sorry, I don't have 80,000. So the small business guy goes away again. And then they pass these onerous rules. Oh, if you have more than five employees, you have to do these kinds of benefits and Family Leave Act and, and, and health insurance. That's all by the Democrats. Who do you think they're putting the pressure on? The big business owners that go, ah, forget it. doesn't matter. I can do this. Or the small business owner that has five or 10 or 30 employees. You know, they're the ones that are the backbone of the United States. Certainly, they've been going away more and more and more. And the system of the United States being really favored towards the big businesses, the big multi-corporations. Why do you think corporations that sell everything from insurance to automobiles to sneakers and apparel to uh, home cleaning goods, all of them have some baloney BS (laughs) thing on their website. We support diversity. We support uh, inclusion and the ability for people to, and we, we stop hate. We don't like racism. Are any of you guys calling BS on this? I should have a t-shirt. Uh, P.S. I support not killing puppies and please, I support, uh, hugging furry kittens and I like rainbows because rainbows are good especially after it rains. Would that not be one of those self-righteous things? You walk around with a shirt like that and people go, that's kind of weird. Is that not obvious? I mean, okay, let's start with something. We all kind of like the nice things in life. And so these, I don't know what you would call it, but it's almost like a cowardice approach that these corporations are taking, right? Wouldn't you sit somewhere and say, all right, look, If the bottom line is this, you have a problem with race or religion or ethnicity. You're the weird guy in the story, right? None of us are going to support you. None of us think you're a decent person. You know, we're going to say, hey, listen, you've got your problems. You're over there. All of us, we're going to count that all of us kind of like puppy dogs. Uh, We like walks in the rain with our loved one. Uh, We like hugs and kisses and, you know, our dog being happy when we come home. Do I need a shirt or something on my website to say that? I think that some of you have to call BS and say, you're just trying to be this woke, self-righteous. Oh, poor me. Look at us. We are, we are courage. 
in a bottle. We are standing here at the forefront of all those racists. You see them? You see them? They're walking right over there. And we stand here keeping them at bay. Look at our website and click and order our two-for-one special. It's, it's a very odd thing to see. Because here's the push that's happening. As they are requiring this greater amount of whatever you sell, you are now in the political business. Whatever you sell, you're now in the race education business. Whatever you sell, you are now in the business of standing up for some social justice of something. Whoever decides what it is this week, I don't know. Right? Whoever screams the loudest. Poor Native Americans, man. They get stepped on left, right, and center. Who's screaming for them? Shouldn't they be the first ones to say, hey, something's wrong somewhere? And everybody else has got a problem and they're, they're yelling and screaming and Native Americans are you know, still getting the short end of the stick, in my opinion. But besides that, what is happening is they are pushing a lot of these medium-sized businesses into small businesses. They are pushing a lot of the, the people that have some courage that say, you know what, my principles are greater than my pocketbook. And I'm going to stand regardless of the consequences. And there are not very many of you guys. I understand. All of us. Well, Eric, if I, I lost my job, I would have lost my job, right? I'm an actor, actress. Uh, I work in a hospital. I work in, uh, and uh, you don't understand. I would have lost my job. They required it. And I can't. It's my life. It's who I am, my identity. All right. So your principles have a price. I'm sure everybody has a price. Idi Amin has a price. Right? Uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. has a price. Everybody had a price. Good guys, bad guys, presidents. Maybe it's a billion. Maybe it's a trillion. Maybe it's just their name on the side of a building. I don't know what your what their prices are. Yours was not losing your job. Okay. To me, that's a fairly low number in today's world when guess what? You can start a business. You go to your favorite search engine and you type in, how do I start a business? It takes that long. For those that type fast. And it will give you a whole bunch of reasons. Why would you do it in retirement? Why would you do it if you left work a little earlier? Well, number one, when you're in your 50s or 60s, it can be difficult to find employers that are willing to hire you. Now, maybe not today, right this minute. But if you choose not to get vaccinated, if you choose to say, listen, I'm already immune. I'm immune. Or I'm not going to get my, I have the, the first two. I'm good with that. But now a booster and then a double booster and a triple booster. What? You guys are starting to scare me a little bit. All of a sudden, it's this thing that never ends. And I believed it. I bought you. I lived there. I did it. And you're starting to scare me that every time I turn around, there's something else happening. So maybe you're that person that says, I'm off the train. I wrote it as long as I could and I feel like I'm done. And you're in your 50s or 60s. Guess what? You have knowledge. You have experience. You have connections where you can continue to stay in your field, maybe even expand it or do a little bit better even, and create an opportunity to go through and be your own boss. And be that person that just says, hey, you know, this is, I've been good at this. People like me. I I've, I've, uh, have a reputation in the industry. I'm going to consult or teach others, or I'm going to sell just to my favorite two competitors, right? You used to work for X company and now you represent Y company because you know, you know, the insides outs, you know, the profit margins. 
That's one of the reasons. So I want you to look at that because by doing that, that's really where the system is set up. You can have the best health insurance plan and write it off. You can have the best uh, retirement plans and have deductions. You can have the best uh, tax bracket and tax status. So these things really give you, going from employee to business owner, you can have a little bit more of a, a flexibility when it comes to the income or the way you write things off. Now, big asterisk, you're going to talk with your CPA, right? This is a one-way communication. You can hear me. I can't hear you. You want to come into the office? I'd love to meet with you. 888-99-RETIRE. And I'm the person, by the way. You know, sometimes we'll have our staff, you know, help out behind the scenes and, and do their things. And we certainly do have them do some of my research and on. <clears throat> but when it comes to meeting with me and me building or structuring a, a plan or trying to find something that works for you, that's what we do. That's, that's me. So maybe I can help. That's 888-997-3847. Okay, the other part of it that really makes a difference is your work history that has the advantage, especially if you're pretty good at understanding the trends in your industry. The other one, the first one I spoke about is experience, experience, knowledge. Trends mean going forward. Like today, everybody's doing X, but in the future, I can see it. We're going Y. We're going down this other avenue. And you can jump ahead of it because a small business owner has the flexibility. It has that ability to maneuver, to zig and zag and get up around and to move, if you will, like a big ship, right? A big ship in an ocean might be amazing. But it takes a half a mile to turn around or more. Whereas in your case, you can zip around, get up to the front of the line, and really make a difference on where you see the trends moving in your industry. Now, the other part of it is, and uh, Tanya, uh, I can't remember her, her last name, but Tanya helps out quite a bit on loans. You need small business loans uh, or, or ways to finance your small business rather Tanya King, and she advertises on AM870. I love her. Here's why. Because she understands small business. She understands how to give you a loan. So even if you used to be a W-2 employee, but you need to buy a house or refinance your house, or maybe use some of that refinance to start a business, look for corporations, uh, lending companies rather, that deal with small business and corporations. Not all of them can. Sometimes the big ones say, hey, listen, we have enough business we don't need to deal with some of the esoteric rules that fall under small business owners. But because you have established finances, could be that all of it is tied up, ready for this, in your retirement accounts. So you might say, Eric, that's nice. I have, whatever, $40,000 in my savings. It's my emergency money. But my 401k or my IRAs or my wife's IRAs or husband's, that is where all of our money is. You can take some or part of that, use that to help start your small business, and you can do it completely legally. In fact, uh, the Ursop group, it's like I'm giving advertisements for all the other folks here on AM870, but I love them as well. The Ursop group, E-R, is employee uh, stock option plan, retirement stock option plan. If you give us a call, you ask for them or, or just call the station and ask for the guys that help you set up a retirement account 
and then use your own retirement account to invest in your own small business. You have to do things a certain way. You check with them. You check with your financial team, your CPA, your attorney. You make sure you're doing it right. But in other words, it gives you access to capital, money, without having to go through and do various loans through the Small Business Administration. And they say, well, how long have you been in business? Well, uh, what time is it? <laughs> and go, oh, oh, it's noon. Mm, about six hours. I got up early this morning. So, well, we're not going to give you a loan. Well, Airsop can, can help that work. And if you're flexible, you find an area or an industry that is underserved, that's part of your strength, maybe you'll go and you'll see, you know, uh, everybody's working in this area. But remember I see that trend? Where things are going. That small business. And again, your exit strategy, because this is what matters. In small business, it isn't just how much you're making today. It's also where you're going. Now, your exit strategy with the business might be to sell it. Okay, I'm going to build it up and in six years sell it to one of my competitors. That's an option. People do that all the time. You might say, no, no, no. Really what I'm looking at is to build up this business so I can leave a legacy for my children or grandchildren. Because my granddaughter, she wants to work in this industry, so I'm going to get her started a little bit. She has my background. Now she works with me behind the scenes. I can really make that happen. So I'm going to hand it off to her. That's a great exit strategy. Maybe the answer along this journey is to say, I'm just going to let it dissolve. Friday, I take my last phone call on Monday. The phone is disconnected. So I service my customers, my clients, delivered the orders, whatever it is that you had to do, and you're done. And you're going to do it for either a time commitment. Sometimes people say, I'm going to do it for five years. That's it. Once I reach my full retirement age or once I reach age, uh, reach age 70, right? That's the maximum in social security. That's when I'll increase or start or sell or eliminate my business, right? Because you can have it for just a period of time. Its job is to keep you busy. Its job is to give you purpose. Its job is to even make you money. And in that journey, it might be a reason to delay Social Security. So what happens if you're 62 years old, 63 years old, you started Social Security, and then you said, you know, Arif, I've just heard your show, and I think I want to start my own business. What can you do? Is it too late to take Social Security later on? You already started it four months ago. Darn it. Here's what you do. You have one year to pay back Social Security of what you took out. So whatever you took out of Social Security, whatever they gave you, they'll give you a number. So let's say it's $2,000 a month and you did it for four months. Social Security will say, pay us back the $8,000 and we will give you a mulligan. We'll give you a do-over, if you will. You could say, all right, I don't need it anymore. I started my small business and therefore, from age 62, 63, whenever you started Social Security, until you started again, and you can only have done it once, so you can't redo this again, as long as it's less than a year, you pay it all back, you get that do-over, but it continues to grow at 8% per year. So the difference between age 62 and 70 is right around 60, 65%, which means... If you were making $1,000 at age 62, 
eh, what is it, maybe 17, 1800 at age 70, maybe more, depending on if you're still working, depending on some other factors. So you can nearly double what you would have been taking out. Now, you still have to eat, right? Your food, shelter, clothing still has to be covered from age 62 until 70. So you still have that journey, financially speaking, to go through. Bingo, there's our small business. There's part of your retirement account that's used to finance your small business. So just know you can do have a do-over with Social Security provided it's less than one year. Just know that you have that opportunity to have a small business that gives you some of your reasons to stay busy, right? It can be part of the reason to spend more time with your children or your grandchildren because it's a similar interest. Hey, let's do this together. You may not need it, right? You're thinking five years. You're thinking maybe 10 years. Well, listen, your child or grandchild, they're thinking they have a 30-year career, 40 years So to them, they have a longer time horizon. So you can get them started, build a foundation. Or what could be the reason your small business fulfills and addresses your passion? One of the things that I've noticed on the successful, financially successful, and believe it or not, the rest of your life successful, in other words, a well-rounded person, financially speaking, it's this. You've probably heard, this is, it's one of the biggest lies that I think have cost people lots of time and money. And here's the lie. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Do what you love, follow your passion, and the money will follow. Lie, lie, and bigger lie. Oh, but Eric, that is so crass. Listen, I... Nobody cares about your passion. Nobody's going to pay you for your passion. You can be a great piano player, but nobody cares. Nobody wants to pay you for it. You have to pay. You want to live on the street and play a piano. You can do what you want. Oh, there's your passion. But you don't get to spend money as if you're the next Gershwin until you become Gershwin. Right? You don't get to become something just because you feel it. You have to work. And believe it or not, the world has to want it, right? Whatever my passion is, if nobody's going to pay me dollars for it, I don't get to take my passion to the grocery store and open my pocket and say, here's six passion ch- uh, chits. Here you go. Here you go. Here's six passion. Uh, you know, these pieces, uh, that's for the loaf of bread and the hamburger. Thank you. Your, your passion has to be something that's needed and wanted. Here's what we tried to emphasize to our kids, knowing that I'm fighting against a culture that is upside down. And here's what I tried to emphasize. Ready? Do what will make you money so that you have the time and money for your passion. And if it happens to be the same thing, right? A lot of musicians, you look at them, and you're like, man, these people are having a good time. Golfers. Wow. You know how many millions of golfers that, that golf every single day who won't ever make a penny at this? And that person is on the golf course doing what they love or football players, or any athletes. Okay, that, that's few and far between. And look, we have many of them as clients, including actors and, and musicians. And after a while, it becomes a job. In some cases, believe it or not, they're a little sad that their passion that once was the thing they looked forward to has become a job. It's become a thing that they just have to do 
because people are counting on them. They have managers. They have PR people. They have assistants. All of those people are feeding off his or her ankles and they need to be paid. So you can't just one day say, ah, never mind. I'm Christina Aguilera. I'm done singing. I have enough money. And well, what about your manager? What about your, the, the other people that make a living based on your performing? Now, in some cases, people don't care. Okay, fine. But I do want you to think about this. If you do what you love, do what will pay you money first. Then you can do what you love. There's nothing anywhere in the Constitution, the Bible, the Quran, the Torah that says, oh, because he really, 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 really believes in it and because his passion is really, really, really important, we're going to pay you a lot more money. What does that have to do with anything? Anybody who gave you that information, I would check their pocketbook first. I'd look at their assets. I'd look at their marriages. Yeah, sometimes there's an S behind that. I'd look at their children. I don't mean every child. Listen, it's not always a direct impact. We do our best. Sometimes they go wayward. But there's a common denominator, right? If you have four kids and one of them has made decisions that are not the smart, you, you say to yourself, well, listen, I did my best and he or she made choices. So you look at the life of the person that you wanted to emulate. And if they tell me that follow their passion and the money will follow and the rest of their life is in good shape, maybe I would take that person's advice. But today, in our system, it's about one thing. You have to pay. You have to be paid, rather. You have to have your, your family eat dinner. You have to have your ability to live life. If you have a niche, if you have a, a, something in retirement where your food, shelter, clothing can come from another source, and you can use your passion to now create a career, now I'm okay with that. Because your money is making money and giving you reliable retirement income. That's what we're all about. If we can help you, 888-99-RETIRE. You have a great day. Give me a call anytime. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. Have a great day. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.